chapter 17, probably one of the most important chapters in your life as a business. Supermarkets make money and you don't. There are so many problems that we explore in the following concept developed uh, by me to define what the industry will now term the answer. First, let's get the formalities out of the way. The reason the creative industry, for example, in Zimbabwe is failing is purely your fault. I repeat, it's your fault. I am convinced of this fact, completely and utterly convinced that the reason why your clients don't pay you or why your work is never finished or why jobs go back and forth and don't get approved and why you're feeling tired and working late hours is simply your fault. Let me give you some examples. The guy who's selling airtime at the corner of the street has a number of options, whether he's selling Buddy, Telesol, Monet One. You walk up to the guy, you pick the one you want, you pay the required amount, then you walk away with the product. The guy who's selling freezes opens up his container to show you an array of freezers. You pick one that you want, and then you pay the money that's required and you walk away. The tuck shop owner with the limited stocks presents what he has to you. You pay the amount for the products you want, um, and then that's the end. In the supermarket, you take your basket, trolley, fill it up with the things that you want, and guess what? As you get to the till, you pay the total asked from that lovely young lady with the name badge written talent. I am happy to serve you. The issue is that you never deliver a job the first time around or get paid as efficiently as these other businesses I've mentioned, and all because it's your fault. Okay, I'll stop the blaming and start talking solution. Sometime a few years ago, I embarked on a project in Botswana to start a media company. Things went great when clients would pay deposits and we managed to grow the business. But the main issue was the work was never finished. Too many changes being requested from the client resulted in deposit being withheld and the job was never complete. Business failed to deliver and my project went bust. And I lost my team, all my equipment, as well as my self-esteem. I realized it was all my fault. If only my business operated like a supermarket, I would be better. Supermarket, I began to explore this idea and hence came up with the answer that I've been writing a completely separate book about this business model. Okay, let's, let's explore briefly what components make up a supermarket and how aligning your business or operations to this model may save your business as a design studio, agency, freelancer or consultant uh, from going down the drain because at this rate, you're doomed to fail. Look at the supermarket as a system of different components. The ones that we're exploring today are going to be opening and closing times, baskets and trolleys, aisles, signage, price tags and descriptions, products, tills, queues. So let's start with opening and closing times, which is about establishing your parameters. You need to first of all establish what your opening and closing times are. This is very important because it protects some of your products of your own that are self-financed that need to be done. Giving clients this information may save your life. You see, when a supermarket is closed, it never loses any customers and neither will you. This also makes your clients disciplined. They plan their activities around your operation schedule. They can save you lots of money because no more late nights at the office, pizza, takeouts, and that kind of thing. Establish this parameter. Products. Every supermarket has a number of products on its shelves with different prices, descriptions, and functions. It's the same as your operation. Your work is not just one big blob. It's a combination of a number of products. This is the most controversial statement yet and listen and listen very good. Rule number one, do not ever give your clients prototypes. I want you to read that over and over again until it sinks in. Do not ever forget it. What I mean is that something that you have never done before, a new skill must never be done commercially for your client. Separate your work, artistic stuff. Artistic stuff is like research and development, right? 
You don't see Lux or Palmolive or any of these soaps putting stuff out there that they're still developing. They may test it on clients, but you never see they make people to try, uh, pay to try it. The same applies to you. Reserve all prototypes and new stuff that you haven't attempted before for the lab. Show it off at festivals, TV interviews, do it for your own little projects. But when you are competent enough and can do it over and over again, you should make the product available for the client. Why? Because a prototype is hard to price. It's hard to uh, put a price to the time. It's also hard to take uh, criticism when you've put your soul and work into something that the client doesn't appreciate. So trust me, I'm always right. Baskets and trolleys, that's the briefing process. It's funny that in a supermarket, you're only charged for what you put into a trolley. If you decide to add something else, you're asked to go back and, and pick it up and the price reflects the change. I'm sure you can already see the problem with how you're doing things. Make your clients select what they need. You must have a process of documenting what they say they want as well as what they don't want to pay for. It must be clear or else you will never finish work and hence you won't get paid and then you will fail and then it will be your fault. Signage. Guiding your clients. No one ever trained me on how to super, uh, use a supermarket, right? No one ever trained me how to buy airtime or a freezer or whatever. However, I have found myself and many of my peers saying the following. Clients just don't know the process involved. Clients just think it's easier to do this stuff. Clients just don't know. If you're one of those that say, listen very closely, right? If you say any of those things I mentioned, listen very closely. It is your fault. How many of you have dedicated time on teaching your clients how to work with you by taking them through the process and managing the expectations before taking their money? I don't mean a crash course on the design process. For example, stage one needs the following to help stage two to happen. At this point, stage three will require information X to make sure stage four happens in two weeks ETC. If your clients aren't guided, you will lose control of the process. Clearly label your processes and let the clients know of distinct milestones so that they don't sit on you. There must be stages, not uh, come back in three weeks and we will deliver. That just makes your clients scared, agitated, and then they want to sit behind you the whole time. Price tags and product descriptions. Whenever I go into a supermarket, I have a budget, whether I'm looking for a bargain or just going out to spoil myself. I want to be able to calculate stuff without having to talk to someone. I walk around the supermarket putting stuff in the trolley. I calculate the price. And in a creative setting, most of us don't even have a pricing module because we are busy giving clients prototypes. I have a quick example. In 2008, we did a project called Ukoze. It was a concept car that we developed to show our visual effects and capabilities. We did it in our own time and we had no client chasing us up. After we had finished, we realized that if we had done this prototype for the client, we would, we would have priced it incorrectly because we didn't realize, one, that the project would take about a year to think about, six months to plan, four months to prepare the material, two weeks to execute it flat out in 24-hour cycles. However, because now we've got a product, we can put it out onto the shelf, and since we, we aren't experimenting, we can therefore calculate how long it will take because we can now do it faster and we can now price it even more properly. Tills prioritizing what work to do. You see, payment is a big issue and I'll put, I'll put some simple points for you uh, to follow. But first, a bit of waffle. When you get to a till, there is something that you will notice. You get a price and there's no negotiation. You cannot leave unless you pay. If you can't afford the amount, you have to remove stuff. You have to remove something or go home with less than what you asked for. If a supermarket operated half like what your business is doing, then the following would be the scenario. 
You get to the till and negotiate the price for each item with the manager, then add extra free stuff and then walk out after paying a deposit. Sound familiar? Okay, so at some point to remember, uh, these are some things that you must follow religiously. Number one, get your payment in full before embarking on any work. Number two, anyone wanting a deposit or balance later falls into the category of someone needing credit. And here's the procedure. They must bring copies of their ID, directors of the company, proof of residence, bank statements with three months proof of funds, uh, or a guarantor letter to be able to show that they will be able to pay your balance. Okay, you think this sounds funny. Go try buying something in two or three payments. They ask you for the same details, including your clients. They might be a furniture store, whatever it is, but if you're going to pay a deposit and pay the balance later on, they're going to ask you for those things. It is to protect them from people turning around and claiming the work wasn't finished. Do the same. It's business. Never get your balance on completion. There should be a time period or else you compromise your cash flows. Give seven days, 14, 21, 28 day payment on the balance dates. It is your responsibility to deliver by then. Balance on completion allows your client to delay your, pay, your balance because they'll say the work isn't finished. We all know they can pull that one for you. They can keep making changes even though the change is unjustified. Cues, prioritizing what work to do. How do you prioritize the work in your production facility? Easy jobs, first hard ones later. Do you do the easy ones first and then the hard ones later? Use the supermarket queue as reference. Make sure you know how many tills you have. That is your capacity. Then queue the jobs on the first brief in first, first basis. For example, if your client takes ages to fill out his basket of the things that he wants, it's not your fault. The client has to be made to understand that they will have to queue. The longer they take, the longer the queue will be. I used to get caught up with clients chopping and changing the brief and, and not changing the deadline, simply because I was walking down the aisle with them, helping them take stuff off the shelf and putting it back. I made the brief my issue, and so I got blamed for missing deadlines. No one knows what the client wants but the client. Present your options or products to them and tell them to pick what they want. This is just something small to get you started, although I've developed this concept on a more comprehensive mode that shows you how to set all these systems up as well as tools. And so you can contact me on carljoshwangwebe at gmail.com. Keeping it interactive here. Please write back and give us feedback. Uh, but mostly I would like to hear your problems and see just how to answer those dilemmas affecting your practice on a day-to-day -day basis.